0: Industry Focus is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Greetings, Fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Fool headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. To my left is the incomparable, the amazing, the stunningly cool, the
1: ridiculously you handsome You know, when you say this much to people, it gets their hopes up that I'm going to say something really smart and insightful. And then, what if I, what if I don't?
0: Yeah, they they, they think the, I'm like the, sitting here with Brad Pitt or George Clooney or somebody awesome. I could be a hunchback. it's just you. It's yeah. just me. Yeah, no, it's it's just Tyler Crowe, everybody. Um, and uh, it's kind of a fib because we're really the only audience we have is the tech guy, Austin. Hi, Austin. Can you wave? Our Hi. one
1: live studio audience of one. It's great. Yeah. And he's to go a, along with our dozens of listeners.
0: Do you have one of those fake lame like studio clap laugh things that sitcoms do? I wish I did, but I don't. Oh, man, oh well. Okay, we'll try to get that for you, folks. Uh, anyway, so uh, today is the energy edition of Industry Focus, and uh, before we get to the big news of the day, which we'll get to in a second, we are talking about how. Everybody in the internet seems to be talking about how Greece is responsible for the 4% pullback in oil prices. five yeah, like. Something like that. Oil and you're pri- right. Oil price moved. Eh, Before oil, we yeah, This happened. morning, we are talking about it, and there were tons of articles like, oil drops on Greece fears. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the euro isn't even really falling. I actually checked so, that for the heck of it.
1: Okay. For everybody who's listening here, here is the concept that people run on on the idea that a Greek default um, could bring on an epic collapse in oil demand. So, here's, here's the theory that they're working on. Basically, what they're saying is that as the... Greece collapses, or it pulls out of the euro, or whatever the heck is happening over there. I don't know. I can't keep track of it on anymore. It's been going on for what? Like they're having a referendum. How to decide many whether years to stay in the has this been not. going on now? Like four or five. No, years? it's
0: it more or less started like right after the financial crisis. So I mean, this is so this, this is like
1: thing. the zombie just will not die. It won't happen. It just keeps on coming back and biting. I I actually think my theory is that. There is a collusion between the media and Greece that says, "You just keep talking about us, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll pretend we'll, we'll have some financial crisis, just so we can have some media attention all the time." That's a really this is really what crap happens pot. when you have a twenty four hour news cycle. Exactly. So basically, what is saying is that. If Greece is to pull out or if it's to default on its loans, which it just did, uh, the value of the U.S. dollar compared to the euro, or the dollar is going to strengthen, making it more expensive for oil in Europe, and then that oil demand in Europe is going to decline. Oh, that is a really, really loose, loose definition of what... Actual could happen when it comes to prices, I mean a couple of things we need to keep keeping in context here. Yes, the euro is a very you know the european Union, uh, basically anybody, all of Europe is a very important factor when it comes to oil. you know the global financial the markets.
0: eu the European union is at a, as you know, an, an entire economy
1: is very is comparable very, very to the United strong. states yeah in Ex- terms of with the exception of oil consumption. Right. So if you look at, the, at Europe in general, uh, all of the member states of the European Union uh, consume less than 10% of the, glo- of the world's oil demand. Greece itself, let's say that an, a pure apocalypse comes over Greece and gasoline is, and all oil is never used again, we would drop total daily consumption by about 250,000 barrels a day. Less than 1% of world con- Doesn't consumption. Doesn't EOG
0: resources pump out more than that or like that oh, yeah. amount? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of
1: mid majors in the United States that pump out more than that on a daily basis. You know, the United States today consumes about 17 million barrels per day, give or take, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. Don't quote me exactly on that number. All of Europe or all of the European Union nations. A Little bit less than that, so I mean, decent amount, but if you go across the entire world and compare that one thing to everything else, it's not that big of a deal and to say and to see oil prices collapse or I don't know four percent, it's not a huge thing to see them drop as significantly as they did, and for the media to say that so much of it is related to Greece and fears it, it seems sloppy. So what are the real reasons, do you think? um cuz somebody got off the wrong side of the bed in the morning <laughs> i mean it, so much of this is just like when it comes to the stock market oil prices is very much dictated by what people think it's an emotional you know psychological thing but if you want to look at some actual tangible things that could be you know tied to it i mean this is even speculative on its own it's the fact that uh nuclear talks with iran are getting better and the potential of oil and gas production out of Iran could be very, very strong uh, under the premise that, you know, they were to, number one, they would have to um, finish these nuclear talks and actually come out with a favorable result. So, there's your first if. The second if is that they raise enough capital from outside parties to help them develop these uh, those things. So, you've got two ifs there, so that's kind of speculative. And probably the only thing that's actually tangible is there is a little bit of buildup of crude inventories in the United States. So, I don't know, it just seemed to me like um, human psychology ruled the day more than anything else when it came to uh, oil prices over the past couple of days. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, before we move
0: on to our big story of the day, um, I did want to make a note about our sponsors. Um, and If uh, our listeners are finding this uh, discussion informative, they like IF, um, you, know, you want to know what energy companies The Motley Fool recommends in its uh, Stock Advisor newsletter, award-winning Stock Advisor newsletter. Uh, we have a very special offer for all IF listeners. It is $129 for a full two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll basically get two new stock picks every single month from our team of analysts. And if you want to take advantage of this, just head over to focus.fool.com to take advantage of it. It is focus.fool.com. And uh, without further ado, do you have like a drum roll, Austin, or anything? No. Don't have that Thank any. you. Here we go. Thank you, Tyler. Drum roll. Uh, BP finally made a blanket settlement for the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, which was four or five years ago. Of- Five years ago, yeah, um, I remember when it happened. It was like I was actually South Park Park made a joke about the CEO.
1: I was was working for a. um, I was in school, but my I actually had ties to the government agencies that were working on the oil spill at the time, and I. It was you. It was all my fault. I'm sorry. I was down in New Orleans at the time, and I actually spent some time with people working on this. So, yeah, you got them drunk, and that's why this happened. Yeah, totally my (laughs) fault. Um so you're telling me they basically a blanket
0: settlement like they're actually done it's for the low low price of 18.7 eight, $18. billion dollars 18.7 really
1: chump change right I, well I mean, the,
0: this actually just speaks to how much wall street loves clarity cuz the stocks up 4% uh,
1: yeah up 4 or 5% so this morning as we were coming in you know, Sean and I were kind of looking at each other and he says oh, man, what are we going to talk about today? I mean, we can talk about oil prices a little bit, but nobody cares anymore. And then, it was almost a like... Like th- manna from heaven. We have manna from heaven. We come down and we look at our phones and it says, BP settles Gulf states for $18.7 billion. We were like, yes! We know exactly Ooh. what we're going to do now. So, um, just a little bit of background on what this all meant. Um, BP has been in... Uh, negotiations with uh, or fighting legally with the federal government under what are known as the Clean Water Act uh, which was a settlement basically you know polluting the water they were going to have to pay damages based on how much they spilled, which could have been as much as thirteen billion dollars. Um, most people agreed that it wasn't going to be that much uh, based on a uh, earlier ruling that said that uh, the BP had not been negligent in the actual cleanup efforts. Um, they may have been negligent during the uh, lead up to it, but the actual cleanup was uh, robust, and they had they had done a commendable job. Um, so, thirteen billion, not as much as they were expected. However, there were several other uh, lawsuits that haven't even come to court yet. That. We're really starting to kind of loom in the horizon, and everybody started realizing, man, this could drag out as long as Exxon Valdez. And if anybody remembers, the last court settlement related to the Exxon Valdez uh, oil spill was in 2011, and Good that spill Lord. that spill happened in, in 1989. So we're talking about you know 22, yeah, 22 years of litigation related to the Exxon Valdez oil spill, and that one. While it was environmentally damaging, it was considerably considerably smaller than this one, and you know the payments that we were looking at for BP were considerably higher so you know you combine the Clean Water Act federal case, the Oil Pollution Act, which was going to be a case that the states were going to take to it. there were natural resource damage claims that the states were going to take. We were talking about in excess of thirty to forty billion dollars in potential payments wow. over over you know that, I remember, that twenty year time horizon
0: because I looked because anytime a company blows up I look at right. it because I'm like oh boy everybody's afraid I need to look at this mm-hmm. and I remember think you know I remember thinking oh boy this could be awesome
1: but they were talking thirty to fifty billion dollars yeah. for the sucker uh, it was interesting just a couple days ago there was a Bloomberg report saying that the, it could be as much if you include all of the cleanup efforts and all that other stuff they were saying that it could have reached as much as sixty eight billion dollars now with this 18.7 billion dollar settlement it more than anything it's it's a good amount of money it is um but more than the most important thing this actually gives is some clarity to the situation basically well, from an investor standpoint, they can say, you know, instead of looking at it and going, "Oh man, we could get dragged through the mud for twenty more years because every on these payments, and then there's appeals, and it could take a really, really long time." Now we know, eighteen point seven billion. Uh, the the company, I believe, on the on the release said that they're going to, you know, pay these out over the next ten, fifteen years, or something like that. So, you know, there are prorated payments over set intervals of time. So they, you know, they don't have to throw $18 billion all at it all at once. It just gives a sense of, okay, this is what we have to deal with. And I'm sure management looked at it the same way and said, look, we can settle this right now, know exactly what we're going to get, and we can tell our investors, hey, this is what we have to do. This is how we're going to manage it. You know, with all that opaqueness when it came to the court battles, we've kind of wiped that away. And as you saw with the stock today, up five percent, which is Almost unheard of when you when you talk about integrated majors in a single day of trading. This was only in a couple hours. So,
0: well, I mean, it's up five percent, and the market caps uh, now 125 billion. So it's up five billion dollars. Like that's yeah. yeah. I I was when you were talking, I was wondering, um, you know, if you're BP how much. The Exxon Valdez oil spill and how long that dragged out was it twenty two years? You were saying mm-hmm. how much that was in their minds and had that not happened, if BP would have been so quick to just rack the sucker up because you know there were multiple people at Exxon whose job was to deal with all the crap from Exxon Valdez, right?
1: So and looking at it from uh, other perspective as well, the maximum payment that Exxon Mobil paid for the Exxon Valdez was five hundred million dollars. Wow. Now, granted that there was a lot of oil pollution uh, litig. Laws, or not laws that basically that was which, the first big. I that, mean, was a, that was one of the one of. I mean, there's a lot that's happened in our history that we don't necessarily talk about. Back in the 1920s, 1930s, but you know that's ancient history, right? Uh, after the 1989 oil spill, there was a very there was a lot of new laws that came into play in relation to oil spills, natural resource damage, damage and stuff like that, which helped to uh, amass the. Massive amount of potential payments that BP could be seeing in relation to these um, these things, so yeah i've got to imagine that somebody at BP was looking at this and going, "Oh my God, could we get dragged through the mud for twenty years on this and you know have to tell every quarter give an update on because every going on.
0: every analyst report for the last five years has at least mentioned this in a couple sentences. Yeah,
1: and every single quarterly earnings report they have to give an update on what's going on with legal action and how much they've spent on it so far. We're we're wiping our hands here. We can move on. Boom.
0: Wow. So, uh, what are your thoughts on BP as a uh,
1: an investment? Because we haven't really talked about them. Well, if if I'm an investor today and I'm looking at it and they're right now it has a dividend yield of just under 6% which is very very large for when compared to most uh, integrated majors and the clarity that this settlement brings now one small caveat we're not completely certain that the states are going to accept this settlement this is basically bp saying we're going to settle i think there's a couple like small issues related where you know if somebody says no we're, we're going to take it to court you know there's always that option but i'm pretty i'd have to go back and double check this please don't listen to this radio show and, and <laughs> take this as the gospel but i'm pretty sure that this has been settled um if we can go if i can go back and look relook at the stock at this time um some things that have really been working in their favor lately they are generating cash flow in excess of their capital expenditures which is a bit of a rarity in the uh, oil and gas business as of late. Uh, you could point to maybe perhaps that being a little bit of cash and finagling with things like working capital and inventories and things like that. But it looks like they're on a much more solid foundation than they were a couple of years ago. They've done a lot of cap of asset sales, kind of trying to trim off some of their less productive assets. They're really trying to focus in on not growing production for the sake of growing production but really trying to look at disciplined cap- capital management which is very helpful at least that's what they're saying and bp's management has gone out saying you know under the financial framework our our number one priority is our commitment to the dividend and so you know if you're looking at a dividend play right now yielding about 6% and with the clarity of the oil spill gone it certainly helps a lot of BP's case. And uh, I- I'm not going to make a recommendation now because I do want to go back and kind of look things over again. But it certainly is much more intriguing than it was yesterday afternoon.
0: Very good. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Tyler. And uh, if you are a uh, industry focused listener, we would love to hear from you with any questions or comments. Just email us at focus at fool.com. Again, that is focus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Tyler Crow, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!